my podcast I at mean, this point. it was my, I started it originally though, so. Yeah, I'm I only the, have like one question to contribute to this. <laughs> so, podcast title is TBD at this moment, but. No alliteration, I swear to God. I feel like that's ultimately my decision though, but we'll either post, <laughs> there'll be a title when we post this, or if we think of something later on. I you act like you would do it if I said no. If I said no, you'd be like, oh, and she'd still probably not do it. I don't know. Okay, so... She's a nice person. <laughs> Is that a bad thing? Yes, it's humiliating. No alliteration. I use it too frequently anyway. So you can use it, but I can't. Anyway. Anyway, that's the first question okay. answered. We don't have a name. Yes. Um, so for, I guess, getting into more in-depth content, um, we have a question uh, from an anonymous person, so no, we were on a throw out here, but they said, what do you think would have happened to Lawrence and Hamilton's relationship if Lawrence hadn't died? Um, so I think part of the answer to this uh, comes from the fact that I think them being in the military definitely uh, facilitated uh, the formation and continuation of their relationship uh, during the years that Lawrence, you know, lived, uh, historically speaking. Um, one, just because of more often they were geographically close to each other, even yeah, despite the fact that they were That's like, completely debatable. I was going to say, <laughs> more though, often. Like, they were like four of their five years together. Let's link like, my timeline post yeah. on there, so we can see just how frequently yeah. they, they actually weren't together. They did spend a lot of time apart, but they were also, when they were together, they were together for good chunks of time. And they were usually living in very close quarters. Yeah. I so mean, historically, people would live like at least two to three people in a bed. Yeah. So there's just also the physical proximity, which is also facilitating that the sort of physical affection and aspect of the relationship. And I guess also just them being young. I mean, they were like very young 20s this time, so I guess it's just kind of young boys in the throes of love, kind there's, of. There's also, beyond all that, like there's an element of when people are in the shit together, you know? Like they went through Valley Forge together after Hamilton got back from Albany. They went through the whole Monmouth and Lee's betrayal crisis, and just general day-to-day drudgery of working through paperwork as your profession, and riding back and forth and like getting aches and pains of just having that kind of job. I feel like there was probably a lot of moments for bonding through the adversity of military life. Yeah. And then I guess kind of also going off that a bit is just 
them being in battles together and things like that, like, there were parts of the war where they're probably charging in and, like, either willing to die or, like, Lauren's getting shot all the time in his right shoulder, and, like, then there were a couple of battles where, like, Hamilton's horse was shot from under him, and so just kind of this constantly, like, worrying and this concern for each other's life, and I guess maybe trying to just kind of to make the most of what they had because they didn't know how much longer they would have. I mean, they were both very honor-obsessed and often reckless, and Lauren's, you know, kind of had his depression and kind of exceedingly suicidal tendencies, so I think there was also a little bit of kind of valuing whatever time they had together because they didn't know how much time they would have, which, you know, kind of ended up happening with Lauren's dying in uh, at the end of We're the taking, war. like, a potentially happy question yeah. <laughs> turning it into all the reasons why this is more depressing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's why they had such a great relationship, historically speaking, in the timeline that did occur. But as for, you know, what would have happened had Lauren survived and the sooner we lived to a nice old age along with Hamilton, um, I think part of the question is what branch of government they would have entered, so which kind of goes into how often they would see each other. Um, so Hamilton, as you know, was often working at the New York level, so he was often spending time there, and he also was working at the federal level, especially with uh, President Washington, so that was kind of wherever the capital was at that particular year. Um, and then with Lawrence, on the other hand, he did have a lot of experience in the uh, South, he was a member of the South Carolina House of Representatives uh, for a couple of terms, so he did have some experience um, with his state government, especially with trying to push that, um, his black regiment plan and get that approved. Um, but uh, Cicero has a good point in that he wasn't terribly tied to South Carolina, so he obviously it's where he was born and raised and spent a lot of his time um, during the Southern Campaign and working with his black regiment. Um, but I guess it just kind of makes me think of the whole, his, he had a letter to Kinlock where he's writing to Kinlock and actually starting like the first formations of his ideas of freeing slaves and he's essentially saying to Kinlock like, you know, like if our country isn't going to be willing to free slaves and move past this evil, then let's leave the country and go somewhere better anyways. Uh, but also, like, Patria, individual states would call themselves countries back then, so it's hard yeah. to tell whether he was talking specifically about, like, South Carolina, the South in general, or the United States completely. Yeah. Any of the above yeah. completely valid options, considering the state of interracial affairs at the time. Yeah. It's not like the North was shining city of abolition. Certainly bad in the South, but yeah, also definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> Still <laughs> to some extent. Um, it, does, yeah. it does need to be, like, I don't believe he had very strong ties to South Carolina, like, emotionally. Um, I think a large part of that was maybe put on for show, maybe put on for political purposes in getting his position in the House of Representatives at the time. Mm -hmm. um, also probably to appease his father, because we know his father probably had stronger ties to South Carolina. So... Also the fact that, I guess, just with when you're getting the Black Regiment plan started, I think he was planning to take slaves from, like, people he knew, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, he wasn't just gonna, like... I, the, I know uh, Congress had given him support to take them from South Carolina and Georgia, I believe, as well. But the point is that, like, he wasn't just, like, gonna run around the South and just take up slaves. Like, he had to, like, convince these slave owners and use whatever, like, relationship he may have had with them or relationship they had with his father to kind of hopefully win them over, which he didn't, but yeah, I think um, basically we're just trying to say that he wouldn't have necessarily stayed in South Carolina 
the um, had he survived the war and went into politics, I think it's very possible he could have gone into. Oh, I'm sure he would have still level. been like a representative of South Carolina, but yeah. on a federal level would yeah. be my guess. Especially because all of his ideals were very. Um, they they had a wider breadth than just that one state. Yeah, like South South Carolina was just kind of the starting point for what he was kind of hoping to accomplish in regards to slavery, and I think ideally, had he lived, he would have tried to see that spread to larger parts of the country, not just um, South Carolina, and to, to wherever slavery was being practiced at that time. Um, yeah, I would wonder, like, how would he address, like, Spanish-held Florida? And, like, I don't know. That was completely offhanded. That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> we gotta like, what if, you, if your country nice eventually becomes, like, if he had lived and abolition actually did become something that was pressed harder on, like, a national level, how would it be addressed in countries that are, like, bordering the United States? Probably, since we were so isolationist at the time, it wouldn't have mattered at all. Even if we did have some kind of progress on that front. When was Florida... You know, I don't know. I don't exactly care. <laughs> yeah. um, Sorry, Florida. <laughs> I love you as a state. You're beautiful. But for the for this topic, I feel like weird ass creatures in that state. Yeah. <laughs> uh, should I even remark about the state that Lawrence Asafa came from? No, we're not having any turtle. I, talk. I already had a whole podcast about that. Anyway, no turtle so. talk. So that go be podcast number one. Hear about that Florida Asafa. We are side eyeing any turtle mentions. <laughs> Really hard. Um, I felt like I had to bring it up though, considering what I. No, that is your legacy. And I know. You should I hate know. that legacy. I mean, I, I do. <laughs> I, I, I've just come to accept it. Um, but getting back to the actual topic of Hamilton. We were in the Smithsonian. And this bitch. <laughs> is that a leatherneck turtle? Yes. That is a giant turtle. Should I remark that it's actually a leatherback turtle? Or oh my god. Does that make a difference to you? That makes a very big difference. <laughs> Anyway, um... So, history lesson. Back in the Revolutionary Period, Marine officers had leather on the necks of their their formal jackets so that, like, if they got hit with a sword in the back of the neck, they wouldn't get their head cut off. That's useful. So that's where leather neck comes okay. from. That's why that... The turtle was not a leather neck. Yeah, the turtle... Was, <laughs> was the turtle back. was not a Marine. Maybe it's it a Marine creature. I was just saying, it's, a, it's a Marine animal, so... <laughs> Anyway, that was um, that was very off. We're, we're on such a tangent right now, but um. Hey, that was that was within the time account. period. It was military it was, history. It was, and it's all my fault because I mentioned the turtle. But for Hamilton and Lawrence and their relationship, um, so first of all, these had the, depending on what branch of government they're going into and how often they're going to see each other with that, and then also additionally, um, because of the fact that they're getting older and Hamilton is married and having children, um, the relationship likely would have been tempered to an extent um, because, you know, Hamilton is starting this family and having to provide for them and focus on them and it's not, um, he can't just, like, run off to war and spend time with John Lawrence when he wants to. He know he has to think about his, like, eight children that his wife is gonna have and all those things. And then Lawrence, you know, he's probably, I guess, I am pretty confident that he would have brought his daughter Frances over um, from where she was being cared for by his other family members in Europe at the time, after Martha, uh, Martha, his wife, died. Um, and then so he would have to play 
the father figure there. Um, I don't really think he would have remarried in that. Um, since he was already married and had a kid, he can just kind of play the widower very much the same way that Henry Lawrence did. So like when Henry's wife died, he's never remarried and you know that's fine, that's accepted. Like there's no really questions behind that. Um, I don't know how convinced people would have been of Lawrence's love for his lost wife, but um, I also feel like um, I think that he probably would not have um, remarried due to the fact that um, the whole thing with Martha that happened I think was born out of him being a very young man who didn't know what his sexuality was and also just the fact that, you know, sexuality wasn't a defined thing in the 18th century. So after his breakup, or whatever you want to call it, with Francis Kinlock, and then he, I think, I would hazard a guess that he went to Martha partially out of spite for Francis and just kind of like a, screw you, I'll go find someone else kind of thing. And then also just kind of to continuing to explore what he wanted um, and what he was interested in. And maybe he thought he could have been interested in women and then he found out that he wasn't um, yeah, and they so, had like a, a brief courtship too. They did, yeah. There was the one guy. One guy did mention that he, Lawrence, had been courting uh, Martha Manning, which doesn't necessarily indicate. Yeah, it could a either level of, it could either be like people literally just yeah. watching like man and woman be friends and they're yeah. like, oh yeah, they must be together, and then they feel compelled to yeah. get together because everybody's already talking about it. Or it could be a situation where they legitimately were just friends, and everybody around them didn't believe that yeah. they were friends. Or it could have been that he was, like, actually courting her as, like, a social norm norm that was kind of expected, and so he just did it. Yeah. Um, I actually think I talked to Madtown once about that, and she said that, I probably don't know, I can remember the de uh, details correctly, but I think courting was also just kind of a thing that was done and that happened, and it wasn't necessarily indicative of, like, desire to form, like, a marriage and a lasting committed relationship like those just kind of like men courted women as a thing like as a social thing that happened and I don't know if you necessarily make it akin to dating but I courting was not necessarily like a man actively trying to marry this woman so I don't uh, I don't think Lawrence was like sort of like intently pursuing her I definitely think they were friends especially prior to their sexual relationship and they got along well and then you can also, but you can see the way his relationship with her changed after that happened, and that he became uh, much more distant, both you know, emotionally and, <laughs> and, and geographically, <laughs> and geographically speaking. Um, so I, and then I think after his um, relationship with Hamilton, and he kind of figured, found a better relationship with a person of the same gender, and was able to kind of come to terms with this part of himself. Um, not necessarily fully, I think he still kind of had this internalized homophobia to some extent, whatever extent you could call it, or whatever you want to call it, in the 18th century. Um, but after Hamilton, he was more in tune with who he was, and to an extent accepting of who he was, so that he wouldn't feel as compelled to be seeking out a wife um, after the war and after he brought Francis over. It's also entirely speculation, because yeah. you could also make very large arguments about him actively becoming more reckless because of accepting quote-unquote that side of himself like that's, never that's fully true. accepting it and being a little bit more um hazardous with his own survival <laughs> like i don't i don't want to say suicidal that's that that implies some kind of like actively seeking 
But he wouldn't mind if someone else yeah. did it for him. <laughs> Which yeah. is horrible to think about, but... Yeah. But yeah, I fully- I, I definitely think he went into the war knowing, or at least hoping, that he wasn't going to come out of it. And I think that's part of the reason why- oh, this is also just kind of conjecture. I think it's part of the reason why he tried to distance himself from Martha and especially Francis and why he kind of avoided her. Like obviously one I think the, obviously the whole relationship was kind of on I the also rocks. I still think that's um, that's too active. That's true. Like I think he when he decided to go to the like join the war and leave England and leave Martha, I feel like he kinda didn't feel like he had anything. Mm-hmm. And he thought the war would possibly be a thing to fill in some kind of void. That's true. Obviously, we can sit here and speculate all day about why John Lawrence did what he did. Or we could write a 200,000 word fanfic. <laughs> True. Promo, go read. That is literally. Go read, go read it. Cicero wrote it and it's great. You should all check it out. The thing is, that's not even exaggeration. I'm gonna reach 200,000 by like chapter 15. That's good. That's a good 200,000. Anyway. But yeah, so, um. I think. Back to the question which we keep like wandering away from. Um, so Hamilton and Lawrence post-war definitely would have remained friends and definitely would have continued writing to each other, I believe. They had plenty um, of opportunities to meet up too, so they could have yeah. continued the relationship they had in the war, but not necessarily as frequently as they would have been yeah. able to, had they been living in close quarters. I would also guess they would have been like a little less kind of passionate or intense, and that you know, I, th- I think they still would have been affectionate to each other when they were together, but I mean, youth, I have my youth also about. gives you an excuse for that. What? In letter writing, like, being young kind of gives you an excuse oh, yeah. for writing florid letters to each other. Yeah, exactly. But as you get older, like, I feel like that start to kind of be, like, side-eyed by their yeah, peers. Yeah, so when you're, like, 50-year-old like, ah. politicians and everything. So I feel like, um, you know, and I guess had they had a sexual relationship, I would also guess that that kind of would have fallen by the wayside, and with Hamilton, you know, being more committed his wife. In private, not necessarily. That's true. I also, it's kind of, it becomes a weird question of what was Lawrence comfortable with, because basically the whole time he was with Hamilton, he had his wife that he was hiding, and then when Hamilton got a wife, you know, he, he was Lawrence like, was like, all right, it's over, married. bye. <laughs> you know, it's like Lawrence has a wife the whole time, and he's like, whatever, I'm gonna chill with Hamilton, but then Hamilton Okay, but he wasn't wife. wrong. He wasn't wrong. Like, <laughs> Hamilton actually was very bisexual and very much in love with his wife, so he wasn't wrong to think, like, oh, he might actually be leaving me now. Yeah, that's true. Which is why, kind of, we get all those letters from Hamilton, where I feel like people mistake them, like, there's a couple letters where Hamilton is like, oh, you know, Eliza's not really a beauty, I don't really care for her that much, like, she's nice, but she's just kind of, like, gonna be my wife, and I think people confuse that with Hamilton not loving his wife when they don't realize this is when, like, Lawrence is, like, a prisoner of war and this is, like, at a time when Hamilton is like, please don't kill yourself yeah, while you're the in there, Yeah, the fact that he even thinks so, to like, bring up don't kill yourself kind of makes me think they probably discussed this kind of, like, yeah. internalized emptiness. Yeah. Or, like, that kind of passive acceptance of, like, maybe I kind of don't want to live. And uh, Hamilton being like, mm, yeah, don't Hamilton don't decide very... this for yourself because like you don't get to choose. I would be very affected, kind of feeling. Yeah, Hamilton was very attuned to like you know what Lawrence must have been feeling and how Lawrence would be reacting to being like, oh hey, I'm engaged now and I'm getting married and like I think it was this June or September, it might have September, so I'm getting married in like three months. And so the point of that his like kind of downplaying of Eliza's qualities wasn't to 
talk badly about Eliza, but it was better to be like, hello, like, you know, my dear Lauren, love of my life, but like, don't think that I'm like completely abandoning you and that like I still care about you and I don't want you to think like this is going to be the end of us and that I'm just going to like leave you now because of my wife and that I think so yeah, Helena just kind of was aware of what he needed to say to make sure Lawrence was in an okay place mentally and in terms of their relationship, so. And I feel like at a different point in time, Lawrence would actually be comforted by the thought that Hamilton is in love with his wife, but in that moment, he does, I do think he would need yeah. it to hear, like, yeah. I still care about you as well, kind of thing. Because he did actually, from what we can tell, encourage Hamilton to get married. So yeah. Hamilton would say, um, you're... Whether you're what something your desire to have me married is misplaced or something. So and a lot of people speculate that that had to do with like Lawrence possibly wanting to push him away and avoid his own sexuality. But I think that also kind of just had to do with Lawrence understanding that like Hamilton wanted a family yeah. at some point in his life. He and wanted Lawrence to be able get to get the stature that comes with a family. And yeah. Generally, it was something that was socially expected of people, especially in high status, to have. A good wife and lots of kids and he wanted that for his friend mm -hmm. and wanted his friend to be happy so he's like find someone you love and settle down and be happy so i feel like if they both survived lawrence would be supportive of that but also very much hold himself away from it yeah kind of be like a third party onlooker because that's something i don't think he would be able to strongly relate to yeah. being able to want something like that i mean his own family life was a little bit fucked up because his mother's multiple pregnancies that ended very badly yeah. and just general disjointedness yeah, and I think of also his family throughout his childhood from Lawrence having you know kind of messed up his marriage as it were just kind of having to get married out of necessity whether that of any sort of desire to and literally having a child out of essentially out of wedlock even though they did get married later and I would also guess that Lawrence knew something about Hamilton's past. I don't know to what extent Hamilton would have told him, but I think from what from the way they talk in their letters, it seems that Lawrence was aware of the fact that, Lord, that Hamilton, you know, he possibly that Hamilton was an illegitimate child, and that Hamilton, you know, suffered all this death and loss and heartbreak from growing up, especially in regards to you know how he will view his family and his family name. And so I think Lawrence, you know, knowing Hamilton's past and already feeling like a person who messed up with his own marriage, he wouldn't want to be the reason to mess up Hamilton's marriage, if that makes sense. So he wouldn't want to be some sort of like, because he already he already has these like internalized homophobia and feelings about his sexuality and he was not going to be some sort of like scandal on the side that's going to mess up <laughs> Hamilton's marriage, which Hamilton did for himself later on. But <laughs> I'm the other one. But um, yeah, I feel like Lawrence was very respectful of Hamilton's marriage and relationship and would have wanted it to be, you know, like, you know, appropriate relationship between them, and he wouldn't want to get in between Hamilton and Eliza, and would you kind of see him, he does kind of back off a bit in, in that period where Hamilton Yeah, I don't remember. Did he even respond to that letter? It was, like, it was a while <laughs> later. Um, so the first response we have... It was, like, to, the one about the hat. It is. He literally writes back and says, like, I'm giving <laughs> you a hat mate, and then he slides it by saying, my love to the family. The family here being, like, the military family, not Hamilton's family, by the way. Which, which didn't really exist yet. This was yeah. before Hamilton so was literally, married. Hamilton and then Hamilton <laughs> responds, like, I'm gonna come see you now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like... It's like, yes. I'm coming to Philadelphia, tells his wife yes. he's coming to Philadelphia, taking a yeah. trip out from, what was yeah. it, Albany? <laughs> like, Something like that. After yeah. he gets this, like, 
yeah. jilted letter yeah. from Lawrence. So it's, it's hilarious because Lawrence, like, he starts out, he's like, I cannot wait he's like, for that I don't scene. want, you, I don't want you to get, like, no, I want you to go to get married. And Hamilton's like, okay, I'm gonna go get married. And Lawrence is like, oh no, fuck. he actually no, did it. I, I, that. <laughs> I was bluffing. You weren't supposed to do that. So broke back mountain. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I literally can't wait for the Philadelphia scene with the ring union. <laughs> It's gonna be good. It's, it's gonna, gonna be, be fantastic. Good. Okay, so I feel like that basically answers the question. I don't even know how long we've been talking about this one question, but it's been a while. I could look at the time. So, we also yeah. paused it, but... Um, like 25 uh, minutes! Okay. Incredible. Might as well we had in the beginning. So I hope hopefully that answers your question about Hamilton and Lawrence's relationship. I guess we kind of made it into the war relationship as well, but also... I'm pretty sure we talked about turtles at some point. We did. So we really cut uh, all bases. <laughs> um, and so... I guess going from there, our next question from Little Writing Rabbit was um, talk about Lawrence and his trip to France in 1781. So, I guess there's kind of like a, a list that I actually kind of copy pasted from a PowerPoint. This is really a you question. Lawrence. Yeah, um, so I'm not going to get into all like the French people's names because they're very French and I don't know French and I don't actively remember all of them. So I'm just going to kind of keep it to the gist of what happened. So, um, Lawrence was one of the people being considered for the position of, uh, essentially, um, initially serving as envoy extraordinary to France, and I can't remember if that's... Isn't he, like, initially offered a position of, like, a secretary to one of the officers? Yeah, um, I think that was what happened in 1779 with the Carlos letter. Yeah. There, yeah, there was a point in, like, I think 1779 where he it's was... It's on my timeline, Yeah, sure. he was offered, like, a secretaryship, and that's where we get that Carlos Cagatos letter where he writes to Hamilton, he's like, I'm struggling between them, that, that means, like, the... Where he was spelunking or something on that... No. That was when he was a prisoner. That was prisoner. prisoner. Yeah, but he's like, I was trying struggling between, you know, like, my duties as a citizen and, like, my duties as, like, a soldier or something, and kind of, like, saying, like, should I go on this trip and whatnot, and that. He did not do anything with the France the France, uh, with France at that point. Um, but then it came up again in 1780, they wanted to send someone to assist um, Benjamin Franklin, who was Minister to France. Uh, so, once again, Lawrence was nominated, and I believe, I know initially, I believe in 1779, Hamilton was nominated, and I think he was nominated again in 1780, and um, Lawrence was definitely in favor of Hamilton going for several reasons. Um, one, Hamilton uh, being better at that, because one, Hamilton has more of this economic background that would be necessary to be getting, you know, negotiations of aid and financial assistance from France, and then also, surprisingly, some of you may be surprised to hear that I would say that Hamilton had a little bit less of a temper than Lawrence did, so I know people kind of think about <laughs> Isn't that, that hilarious? Yeah. <laughs> um, so Hamilton was definitely a loud mouth, just kind of... I don't know if he had less of a temper, but he was better at... Hiding it. Hiding it. Whereas Lawrence literally just did whatever he wanted at any point. What a and, brat. Um, yeah. So, so Lawrence was like, Hamilton would be so much better at this, and I don't want to go because I want to stay and fight, and I want to work on my I black regiments. I also feel like part of that is Lawrence being like, I know if I go there, they're going to piss me off, and I'm going to want to say something, and I'll have to not say it. <laughs> and then he got there, and he was mostly okay, and then there was the moment he was not okay. <laughs> so yeah, he he did not want to go at all, and um, but the... Continental Congress didn't care. Also, like, <laughs> it's possible that he just didn't want to travel, and he wanted somebody else to have the opportunity to travel. Yeah. He was, he, I think the main thing he is that he very, wants to stay and work on his wanted, black regiment. Yeah, yeah, and he wanted to actually fight 
Yeah. And he knew that, I mean, after watching Benjamin Franklin get stuck there for four years or so. Benjamin like, Franklin was also, like, he yeah, like also living it up with the didn't really want to be there, though. <laughs> yeah. He was pretty much useless. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the Continental Congress really didn't care what Lawrence had to say, apparently, because they unanimously appointed him to the position, um, at which point Lawrence continued to protest, and he's, like, writing to them, like, I don't want to do this, I don't want to accept this, please stop. Um, but eventually he gave in, and uh, at the end of December of 1780, he accepts and was appointed. Uh, they originally called him Envoy Extraordinary, but it was later changed by actually, I think, James Madison and a couple other people to minister. I don't know why these people care so much about words like that, but... I think it's hilarious. Isn't it December 1780, like, right after Hamilton's wedding? Yeah, so yeah, yeah so in fact, early, he, he probably like, would have been able to go. Like, early, early November, Hamilton came to visit him in Philadelphia. Early December, Hamilton got married, and then late December, like, Lawrence finally caves and agrees to go. So, yeah. do what you will with that timeline. Yeah. But it, also, it, yeah. this was, like, hang on, there was some funny thing that I posted at one point where, like, wait. I have two things I'm thinking about, but I don't know. No, it was something about. where I, like, made a joke, and then Mad Tom made a bunch of more jokes in the tags, and it was something that I was dying about. Well, I was gonna say one. Oh, it was literally about, like, Hey, bro, I, I just married this woman and I went to America to avoid being married and go to war. Here's what I did, you should do the same. Yes. When he offered yes. when he offered Hamilton the position. Yeah. And then literally he's like, I guess not, that's fine. Yeah. And then leaves. Yeah, that's basically one of the one of the things I was thinking about is that it's, So basically like Hamilton's getting married at this point and Lawrence is like, You should send Hamilton to France. And I don't send know whether it was a, like send him to another country. Yeah, I don't know whether Eliza would have accompanied him. I doubt mm, probably it. Probably not. So he's like, hey, um, so my friend who's getting married, you should like ship him off to France for like six months, keep away from his wife. So take that. What and then also, poetic parallelism. Good I job. Know. Yeah. And then what an asshole. On top of that, I feel like Lawrence, had he wanted to, could have gone to the wedding because he was released or like November, early November. Um, as a prisoner of war, where he was, he was in Pencil, uh, Pennsylvania, and I believe specifically Philadelphia then, and he just stayed in Philadelphia um, through November and through December. Um, Which is when Hamilton came to visit. Yeah. I'm doing then, good things with this timeline. Like, yeah. no, I already have it, like, written out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving so many hints right now. Like, a yeah. previous thing that I was talking about with, um... No, I forgot it. Where? I'm, I'm like, on, like, four hours of sleep, but... <laughs> you are. <laughs> but it makes me sober with so much caffeine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like Lawrence had he wanted to. He had the time to go up to the wedding, I believe. Um, oh yeah, the whole reassurance that like he would want to know Hamilton loves his wife. So like maybe he like like got to hear how much Hamilton loved his wife and was like, actually, never mind, stay here. Yeah, I guess I'll go. Yeah, which is even sadder to think about. I know, it is. It is. Um, but I mean, on a, like on a personal level, we be happy for him. Like, good job, man. You got you got got yourself a keeper. I guess I'll leave you to it then. <laughs> We're making this so sad. It's it could be. <laughs> um, but yeah. I can't after after that season finale with Black Sails and watching yes. John. All of you also need to go watch Black Sails now. Damn it. So um, John Silver and everything and just <laughs> let's let's it go. Black Sails is the is 
the best show that's ever existed and you should all go watch it. It's about pirates in the 18th century and it's great. And it's literally, I'm, I'm sure many of you would be interested in it and you can come talk to us about it once you're done with the season. It just finished up on Sunday so now you can bump in all four seasons. Oh, um, but like lots of trigger warnings, just look up. Oh yeah, <laughs> like a lot. everything in season yeah. one. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's hard um, to watch. Uh, yeah. But so back to the question. Um, so Lawrence eventually accepted the nomination, and he sailed to France in February of 1781, and he actually sailed with Thomas Paine, and I don't really remember what the point of Paine being it there was. It sounds like a sitcom. I want to watch it have happened. I don't really remember why Paine was there, but like, there's a couple of interactions that he had with Thomas Paine. I mean, Payne. Thomas Paine was wildly famous, as far as That's like true. revolutionary dogma goes. Um... And Lafayette had pumped up a lot of specific individuals in his letters to other famous individuals in France and in the French court, so Thomas Paine was probably amongst that list of names, not that I've read extensively from Lafayette's letters, but if he had mentioned him frequently, I could see why they would want to send him with the envoys. Yeah. And then... That's going to charger. I can. Um, so much. That's not much I like. Uh, then I have a couple really <laughs> not pertinent to his work in France, but a couple of funny posts about John and Tom uh, Payne in regards to their trip. Um, one, so I'll just read you the quote, it says, uh, his business in Philadelphia concluded, John hurried to rejoin the army. So great was his haste that he completely forgot a promise to Tom Payne that he would ask Congress to compensate the pamphleteer. Instead, John left a request for Payne to pick up a pair of boots that he left behind with a shoemaker, but he enclosed no money to pay for the repairs. I wish you had thought of me a little before you went away, Payne chided. So he just kind of... I don't know. He like does a typical Lawrence thing where he forgets that things, you know, like cost money or something, and then he like runs back God, to the war. Um, and <laughs> Just then drives me crazy. He's he's awful sometimes. And then where is it? There's one more that I have. It's cluelessness. It's just like, um, I think it's that one. Okay, yeah. Um, and then here's another quote. On the 17th of May, John Lawrence began his journey to Brest. At first, Thomas Paine resolved to remain in France, claiming that he could not return to America, where he had experienced much thankless treatment. Lawrence urged Paine to reconsider. He did not want to be alone on the voyage home, with nobody to confide, nobody to confide in, especially if he were to suffer an accident. Paine gave in, as Lawrence's importunities for my returning with him were pressing and excessive, and he carried them to such a height. So, I feel like there's two ways of reading this. Carry One, Lawrence just having a crush on Thomas Paine, which I think is totally plausible. But I also believe that on their way to France, Lawrence was like almost killed by an iceberg. <laughs> and Paine said, The pleasure occasioned by his escape made us for a while the less attentive to the general danger. And like, there was this, like, apparently there was this near miss where like, the, like an iceberg hit a part of the ship where like Lawrence had recently been standing. So I don't know if it was just Lawrence being like paranoid about more icebergs on their way back. And he's like, You have to save me from the icebergs. What a way to go. I know. Um, so, yeah, I don't remember what Thomas Paine did in France, but he was there. Um, and they just talked to people. Yeah. And then the main thing was that Lawrence was aiding Benjamin Franklin. And it, this is so hilarious because Benjamin Franklin and John Lawrence are, like, such opposite people. Watch the Liberties Kids episode. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> it's Benjamin exactly Franklin, what happened. Yeah, Ben Franklin is like, we need to take our time, you know, to work this out. Also, if we want to visit, like, the Parisian ladies on the side, that's totally recommended. And I, like, <laughs> can give you some, some recommendations if you want some. And then Lawrence is like, we need to get this done right here, right now. I'm not waiting. And also, who cares about Parisian ladies and who cares about my wife and child that are in England right now and could probably come visit me? So, as you can see, they're kind of like complete polar opposites. And I think there were probably some tensions. Um, although it seems like later on, Franklin was 
fairly chill and he like wrote this letter to Lawrence where he's like you know like if if I'm gonna be retiring from this I'm all, I want to like recommend you to like this position in France either he like I mean sometimes you meet people be, while you say. work with them and then when you don't have to work with them you're like ah oh, maybe you're not terrible that's true or he just realized <laughs> how much Lawrence hated friends and he's like I'm gonna recommend you for this position because I hate you so much and I hated working with you so I'm gonna make you stay here that's now that's spiteful I don't actually he's completely capable of that so I don't know read, read that I would doubt it but knowing Benjamin Franklin knowing yeah. Benjamin Frank like I do <laughs> um and so uh kind of going back to this idea that Lawrence was very like let me get this done right here right now and I wanna just get the money in return back is that I think you mentioned earlier is that Hamilton um, literally had to write to Lawrence um, before his trip to tell him to control his temper. He's like, the French court is going to test you. They are going to take things very slowly and you're going to hate it. And I know how you're going to respond. So don't respond that way and be calm and like use nice words and win their favor and don't like insult the French court. Slow is smooth. Smooth is fast. (laughs) Yeah. So that's... there's imagine. (laughs) So yeah. So... Hamilton literally had to encourage Lawrence to control his temper at this point, which he did to some extent. So he, you know, he went to all the meetings, he entertained the the French nobles, he went to their parties and everything. Um, basically, um, he they weren't really getting where he wanted to. So the French initially offered. Um, so there's a currency I'm going to pronounce that I don't really know how to pronounce because I don't speak French very well and I don't know. Also don't know what the like exchange rate would have been, but um, so the French initially offered six million livres. I, that's totally botched, and I apologize. Um, but Lawrence wanted more because you know he's like we need to, to win this war, guys. We need to fund it. Um, so there's I think he'd also been sent to like get a specific amount. Yeah, and that right. was like like a fourth of it. Yeah, it it definitely wasn't what had been anticipated. Um, so there's this story. Um, it could be apocryphal, but it also sounds like totally something that Lawrence would have done. Um, so there's this thing where Lawrence is at kind of this meeting of the French court and the king is there, I believe it was King Louis the Sixteenth and Marie Antoinette, so that's King Louis the Sixteenth, right? I think. Yeah, One of the Louis. Um, French. And kind of the purpose um, of reading, um, the purpose, the etiquette of greeting the king is you're kind of supposed to go up and like bow to the king or like curtsy and then move along. Um, there was no like direct interaction with the king. Um, but the story goes that Lawrence, you know, he's just so fed up with everything as he is, so he just goes, like, straight up to the king, and he, like, literally hands him his request for money, and he's like, read this, and then the king- Wait, I have the Townsend bio. Keep talking. Okay. Um, and then, so, King Louis just kind of stands there in disbelief at what's happening, and he doesn't really know how to respond, and so then Marie Antoinette just kind of takes the request from Lawrence, and is like, you go along now. (laughs) Um, yeah, so Lawrence just kind of came in and threw a bit of a temper tantrum and was like, I don't care about your rules of etiquette in the French court, I'm just going to do my own thing. Um, so, but whatever he did, it worked somehow, because he actually got the aid, um, or more aid at least. So he ended up getting a gift of I 10 million. Sent it home. Okay. I think there was a quote in it though where it was talking about like what he said specifically to the king, and he like drew his sword and was like, I draw my sword with you, but if you don't intervene and help, oh, basically, I yes. would draw it against you I know what you you're talking about. Citizen. Yes. Basically, he was saying, like, I'm going to be in the military either way, because this is, like, my calling in life, and if you don't help us, we're going to remain British citizens, and Britain will end up at war with you, because they'll find out that you've been funding this, 
and they'll declare war against you, and then I'll be siding with them, and so I'm gonna have my sword against you. Or something, something yeah, along those lines that was, like, completely so. ridiculous. It's like, who would do this to the fucking king? Um, John Lawrence. Yeah, I think that's something I did mention earlier, is, like, part of the reason that they wanted to send Lawrence, and just kind of, like, a soldier general, is that, like, he was able to be like, here's our conditions in the war right now, they kind of suck, we need money, and he's able to give that first-hand account. And then also, I would guess probably his name had something to do with it, and the fact that I would assume that the French may have heard of Henry Lawrence, and that his name... Lafayette. Yeah, because Lafayette had a correspondence with Lawrence. Yeah, Lafayette was, like, constantly gushing about Washington and Greene and and Henry Lawrence and Gates and just all of the big military bigwigs that he was in love with. Yeah. Um, And then also, Lawrence... Spoke French fluently, so yeah, it's kind of a plus if you're going to be going to Gotta France. slip that one in there to remind everyone yes. constantly. <laughs> um, he was, in fact, well, it's interesting because he was descended um, from French Huguenot on his father's side, but interestingly enough, um, his grandfather, Jean Samuel Lawrence, who changed his name to John Lawrence, um, like, really tried to Anglicanize the family, so he never, if he taught French to his children, it was, like, at a very early age, and, like, he didn't continue it, or he just never taught them it at all. So Henry Lawrence, like, spoke, like, no French. And so Lawrence actually didn't start learning French. Um, John Lawrence didn't start until he was, like, into his, like, I think, like, 14. Like, he was, like, a teenager. Um, but he did end up becoming, like, he was essentially fluent in the language. But um, it's interesting, because he was French, but he didn't would learn that, it from Would birth. that have been in preparation of going to Geneva? Kind of it could have been, because, yeah. yeah, they did speak French in Geneva, so... Um, that could, and his dad also just had to learn languages. He's like, I think you I should mean, learn Spanish now yeah. because it'll be helpful. So he also like knew Latin and he stuff knew by then. Latin, Greek. Well, it was common to teach kids yeah. the Bible in Latin anyway. Latin, Greek, Italian, Spanish, French, English, and he wrote like three words of German in a letter. But I don't think he actually knew German because who actually knows? German? I was going to say because if he had known German, then he would have been like able to talk with Steuben in German, right? Yeah, and they spoke in French. Yeah, so I don't think he actually, like, knew German, at least to the extent of being able to, like, carry on a conversation. Um, but yeah, so that's why they sent Lawrence, and in the end he was able to get the gift of 10 million livres, um, and some clothing, and additional military assistance, I think, as particularly on the water, it was with more French ships and soldiers there. Um, and he also was given a, like, diamond-encrusted snuffbox of King Louis as a gift, so apparently they liked him well enough to, like, you know, give him more money and give him gifts, so I, do, I really don't know. Uh, it, it's, it seems like he just kind of did his own thing. But I mean, you draw your sword in front of the king, yeah. you get some respect. That's true. They're like, don't kill us. Um, so, yeah, he was able to get it done in his own John Lawrence way. What what else would we expect from him? And then, so, he probably left around August, I would guess, but he returned back to um, Washington's camp in September, which was just in time for Yorktown. Uh, yeah, and that's about everything that happened um, of import in his French trip. Like I said, I didn't really include There's like a bunch of different I mean, he French met, names I could give you that he interacted with, but... He met a lot of like really important French people. He did. Did he, do we ever have confirmation that he met Lafayette's wife? Well, so, he met the Viscount de... I don't remember, like, Noailles? 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 Yeah. It's Lafayette's wife's maiden name, essentially. So I'm wondering, it's possible that there was a relationship with the people he met there. I mean, we know that Lafayette told his wife to to meet him and, like, take care of him. He did. But we don't really have much documentation of, like, what he actually did. Yeah. Except for, like, well, he didn't keep track of his records of finances. No. (laughs) (laughs) Heavy sigh. (laughs) Didn't learn anything from the Dean Lee scandal at all. 
I hate him. As you should. Uh. Well, yeah, basically, Lawrence spent, like, from, so Congress, when they were, uh, when Lawrence's kid and grandkid were trying to petition Congress to give them the pay that Lawrence was set to receive from Congress during his time, specifically as a minister to France, Congress was like, well, he didn't actually keep a record of any of the expenses, so we don't really know what he spent, and um, but from our estimations, it's around like 7,000 pounds, and from what I could gather, it's like over $150,000 today, yeah, over the course of six months in no, France. No, but like, the important thing about this isn't even how much he spent, because that's just characteristic of who he is as an upbringing, but yeah. like, let's focus on the fact that he didn't keep a record. Yeah. After his first year in the military, he watched his father in his first year and only year as president of Congress trying to work through a scandal in which one of their ministers in France was being accused of basically like laundering money. Like, why would you trust your fellow ministers not to accuse you of something similar when you literally watch that happen to someone and get, get like, have to deal with it through your father? Like, Henry, to control your son. I mean, they like, all ended up like choosing Hamilton as Treasury Secretary, and he was known to like lose his like bank. Like, okay, but we've all been there before. He's just like, where did I lose my wallet today? <laughs> You're in charge of our money, Hamilton. Congratulations. Okay, but when it's not actually his money, he's okay, right? <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, that's that's basically Lawrence in France. It's 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 a fun time. It's it's an interesting time. How long have we been talking? Probably like fifty minutes. Yeah, 45. Solid. Um, yeah, it's a good podcast. And then I guess, I think we just have one question left. Did yeah. you want to do the rank one while I was here? That wasn't that what came before the podcast, though, so I feel like I should answer that outside of the podcast. Yeah, but do you actually know the answer to it? I could just send it your way, though. <laughs> I can pull it up, though. Um, I have a post where I talked about military rank back this in person the day. Mind that It's basically the same as it currently is. So, yeah. Except for it was a lot less defined as far as... Officer ranks go. Okay. So, yeah. Well, just send that to me. Or, yeah. like, just, like, I'll look me in your answer. Yeah. So we should, we're babbling about bookkeeping stuff now. That's fine. I'm sure they're interested. <laughs> Why would anybody be interested in this? Because it's us. We're just interesting people. I mean, I know I'm hilarious, but, like... <laughs> that was bad. Um, that fell very flat. okay. Um... You can laugh at your failed attempts at humor. Why are people asking you military questions? Come at me, guys. Because they think I know everything guys, about Guys, we things. went to the Museum of American History and, like, just, like, breezed through it very briefly. <laughs> the amount of, like, military stuff in there, I was just like, this is my heaven. <laughs> we went and immediately. We also saw the... The butt cushion. Yes, the butt cushion. <laughs> the, the, no. the camp stool of George Washington has... You can observe with your own two eyes... The width, breadth, and depth of George Washington's butt print. Which is what we all want Visit D.C. They should put it on a fucking postcard. <laughs> I would come. Yes. And we there also saw the naked, togged George Washington statue that's, like, 20 feet high, probably. I love how yeah. the plaque just, like, straightforward says, like, they tried to put it out in the front yard in front of the Capitol, and people were like, that's like, no, indecent! No, we can't do that. <laughs> Giant um, naked George in the middle yes. of the fountain. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> I feel like if he's in the middle of a fountain, then it's just like water. I don't down remember his, like, exactly nice the position of where they tried to put him. Just, like, <laughs> just glistening. Um, 
<laughs> Look at the father of our country. Okay, okay, we gotta stop. We gotta stop. Okay, yeah, let's stop. <laughs> Wait, did you want to do the, the question about the, the name thing or no? <laughs> no. Okay. So yeah, that's that's our podcast. I don't think we have a title yet either, but we'll we'll figure that out eventually. So hopefully you enjoyed that, and then maybe next time I visit Cicero, we can do this again. I don't next know time. when it's gonna be though, <laughs> or I can just Skype her in or something. Uh, eventually. Should we go out yeah. with Yankee Privateer? We should. We I, came I, in really, with I don't Yankee know if I still saved it. We came in and we gotta we gotta go out with it. So this is my favorite song. Until they raked her floor and aft, the lovers couldn't steer. And then he showed the foe the heels of the Yankee privateer. We sailed and we sailed and kept good cheer, for not a British frigate.